0: There's over 34 symptoms of menopause. They can affect everybody really differently and in different ways. So it's really important, particularly when we think about in the workplace, actually what those symptoms might be and what support we might need or how we can talk to a colleague and help support them. Opening minds, opening doors with EACT, the inspirational education podcast.
1: Hi, I'm Michelle Livesey and I'm a journalist with Bauer Media, which owns radio stations across the country, including Absolute Radio, Kiss, Magic, The Greatest Hits Network and The Hits Network as well. On today's Opening Minds, Opening Doors podcast, we're focusing on the menopause and employers and it's all about how the menopause affects everyone. So 51% of people are affected by the menopause, but actually 100% are impacted by it. And this episode explores all the elements of that. We've got personal stories, we've got advice, we've got help, we've got discussions and how everyone can get involved, educate themselves and just empower women. One in 10 women actually leave the workforce because of the menopause, which is absolutely shocking to hear. But actually, the information, advice and guidance in this podcast can help bring an end to that. Joining us for the podcast are two very special guests. We've got Jenny Haskey, who's the CEO of The Menopause Charity, and we've got Cleo Brown, who herself has been through the menopause and is going to share that personal experience with us. So first of all, I guess, Jenny, tell us a bit about the charity, how it came about, and what it is you exactly do.
0: Absolutely. So the Menopause Charity is a young charity. We were actually founded just in 2020. Um, We were founded by Dr Louise Newson, who is one of the leading menopause specialists. And our charity is here to ensure that everybody has access to fact-based information, support and to help everybody feel comfortable talking about menopause, understanding where to go, what to do, understanding the symptoms, how it might impact them or their loved ones or their colleagues and really to know where best to go and access that support and the right information. We want everybody to be able to recognise the symptoms, understand that there are treatment options and lifestyle changes that they can do to help them through this period but it's also we're here to make sure that we tackle a lot of the stigma and the taboo so we no longer think and want people to, to talk about or well, look at menopause as something that happens to women in their 50s and 60s and that it's just about hot flushes and wild rages there are so many there's over 34 symptoms of menopause they can affect everybody really differently and in different ways so it's really important particularly when we think about it in the workplace actually what those symptoms might be and what support we
1: might need or how we can talk to a colleague and help support them. How did it come about then? Has there been a gap for this information because it's not talked about enough?
0: Yeah there are a lot of health inequalities when it comes to women's health unfortunately and we still see so many differences in terms of women's health. Unfortunately menopause hasn't been a mandatory topic for GPs for forever so you know when there are so many wide-ranging symptoms if a woman if a young woman presents a doctor maybe with low mood so it's actually often the psychological symptoms that are the earliest symptoms that somebody might experience if they're going through a natural menopause then actually a GP may overlook that and instantly give them antidepressants And those antidepressants are proven not to help the low mood that we experience during menopause. So what we want to do is make sure everybody's aware of the symptoms, when it might start to hit them, what to look for, and to actually start to join the dots. And maybe if I'm feeling low or I can't quite understand why I'm I'm suddenly crying or why I'm feeling... Such a lack of confidence, um, coupled with some other things. What are the other symptoms maybe I can start to look out for? So, the menopause charity, we have a symptom tracker. And I love having conversations with women because quite often they look at this long list of symptoms and think maybe they've only experienced one or two symptoms and suddenly start to go, it's like bingo. I've had that, I've got that. Oh, I I didn't realise that was a menopause symptom. It's
2: a A game of bingo we don't actually want (laughs) to play. (laughs) But if we're aware,
0: then actually we can start start to make some of those lifestyle changes and think actually sometimes knowing helps us overcome some of those hurdles so if I've got a lot lack of confidence if previously something I've experienced I used to be able to do so many presentations and have the confidence to do it and now coupled with a bit of brain fog and that lack of confidence walking into a room oh my gosh, I'm experiencing symptoms that I've never experienced before. And and then you can start to think, "Well, well, what is it about me? Rather than understanding it's a condition that I'm going through. So I think it's building up that picture, having the knowledge and the education to understand actually there are treatment options and there are lifestyle changes that I can consider, but also to understand actually what somebody else might be experiencing and how I can help support them. Sometimes, and a lot of the conversations that I have, it's actually, I might recognise something in somebody else more than they can maybe see themselves, because they've got that downward spiral of that lack of confidence, or just overwhelmed by all of their feelings. Actually, maybe just by listening, by helping support, by signposting them to information might just help somebody. I
2: think a tracker, I, I would have found incredibly helpful myself because I think it gives you a sense of control in what feels like an uncontrollable situation. So you can't control the symptoms that are happening to you and how it makes you feel. But what you can control is what you do with that information moving forward. So as you said,
1: where to access The different support available so take us back then with your experience of it because obviously you're nodding and agreeing now with um with what's being said but take us back to that point where maybe you didn't really know what was going on
2: um i mean my my experience of menopause was quite um Quite an interesting, um, quite an interesting journey. So my I went through menopause at 24, um, because I was diagnosed with cancer the day after my 24th birthday. So interestingly, I've been through menopause essentially three times, because when I had chemo, my body went through it. Then because chemo caused it to happen, then I finished chemo. And I came back out of it and then I started another drug which put me back into it again. So I was in menopause then for for five years and then I finished one of my treatments five years later which was in February. Yay! <laughs> um, so my body now is essentially trying to come out of menopause. So I think I'm probably a woman out there who has having been through menopause three times, I've had more than my fair share of of experience with it. Um, So for me, a lot of my kind of signs and symptoms of it, it was almost hard to distinguish between whether what was happening was because of menopause or because of of all my cancer treatments. Um, But I guess for me, it almost doesn't matter what the signs and symptoms are as we said it's how we're moving forward with them so when when I was going through it I wasn't accessing any form of help because the charity wasn't available at the time but also with regards to my workplace through no fault of their own I didn't share that I was going through menopause so they didn't know how to support me so I think the first thing that we need to do as Jenny said is breaking down that stigma to be able to talk about it because the reason I didn't access help is I didn't talk about it because I felt like there was such a stigma especially around young women with menopause it's not something that you want to be shouting from the rooftops is it you know you don't meet somebody and go I'm really sorry I've just
0: sweat through my shirt because I'm going through menopause you um, know yeah I think this is You know, there's some stark facts out there. One in 10 women leave the workplace because of their menopause symptoms. So that's huge. Women actually in their 50s are the largest group of women, the expanding group of women at the moment in the workplace. We need to be making sure that companies, organisations are really working hard to retain the great work that women are doing you know, we've evolved so much, but our menopause support hasn't evolved with us. So we're living through these symptoms. We're living beyond. We're contributing to the workplace. Even though now lots of companies, as we've seen this explosion of people feeling more comfortable talking on TV about menopause, there's so many celebrities opening up and talking about menopause. Even though a lot of companies are then, what I sometimes see as that compliance tick box exercise. So, oh, we're going to have a menopause policy job done, move on to the next thing. What we're still seeing is even with this sea change in people talking, women are still not opening up in the workplace exactly for the reasons that you've talked about. It's still embarrassing. It's still not there. Well, I was going to say, is that one of the main things, the stigma? That, and, and what is the stigma? I think there's a number of things if we think about the stigma. So as I said originally, for a long time we've not felt comfortable talking about menopause because it's something that happens in your 50s. If we look at some of those symptoms, if we look at brain fog you know, so I can't remember words for things, you know, I've got that fluffy mind. for me always, it's always always a
2: word that just. just,
0: (laughs) So if we think about some of these symptoms, if we think about hot flushes and all the lack of confidence, then actually I'm already overwhelmed, I'm already anxious, and I might then be going to my line manager talking about things that are talking about symptoms that impact on my performance. So what's my manager going to do? And unless I'm hearing that there is good support within a workplace, unless I know that the organisation is going to help support me, help signpost me, not Ridicule me, not make me feel like I'm going to be performance managed out of an organisation. Then I'm always going to hide behind other reasons for me not talking about menopause in the workplace. So I think it's we have the um, the menopause charity workplace quality mark, and there's three simple pillars that any organisation can follow, and that's about education. So having education on menopause, understanding the, understanding the symptoms understanding the treatment options and the lifestyle changes, having that at the, its heart. Cleo's already mentioned, if you, if you were aware of some of the things, some of the support you Absolutely. could have accessed, some of the symptoms, some of the little things that you could do to help you through them, then that's going to help you instantly. It's also going to help those around you. So it might have helped your managers or your colleagues to understand what you were experiencing and that helps with empathy, doesn't it? I was actually
2: talking to a colleague just yesterday, a male colleague, actually, interestingly, and he was saying that that he really wants to be educated on it as well, because he said he was like, you know, I think it is so fantastic that women are speaking about it more now, but I I also want to talk about it because I want to be able to support them
0: in what they're going through. Some of the most powerful conversations, actually, I have are with men. So we think that men don't want to talk about this topic. We think that, oh, it's embarrassing, so it's just for the women Mm -hmm. to talk about actually... I've had men come to me and saying, what do I need to know? Help me understand how I can help my loved
1: ones and my colleagues. Well, they all have wives, mothers. Well, it's twofold, isn't it? Because you've got the the personal approach to it with, as you said, men who are living with it as well because it impacts them if they don't understand it. But also from an employer point of view, getting the best out of your employees and, and also supporting them. So
0: I always say menopause affects 51% of the population, it impacts 100% everybody feels the effects of menopause so quite often menopause will happen at a time in your life when yes you are excelling at work there may be promotional opportunities you've probably got a lot of pressures in the workplace you've possibly got children at home they may be going through school they may be leaving the nest and going off to university and you may have aging parents as well so it sometimes happens during the sandwich generation so you've got so much going on And then you've got to juggle the joys of the menopause symptoms. It's
2: so rare that you're just going through the menopause as well. You know, as in like my journey was obviously menopause and cancer at the same time. But as you said, you know, women are going through menopause at the same time as everything else. So it's just the last thing that you need. So it needs to be almost the first
1: thing that we talk about so that we can kind of all help each other and... Did you feel supported or did you hold back or did you just silence yourself because you thought I don't want to talk about this because of that stigma we we talked about? So I, w- I would say that
2: it was probably a bit of both. So um, with regards to getting support from your workplace, I think it's it's about feeling comfortable with who you work with to be able to open up because it is a very, very personal, it's a very personal thing that, that you're going through, but you can only help other people go through it by breaking down the stigma, by talking about it. So my immediate team, they knew what I was going through and they were incredibly supportive so because... Because of my cancer treatments I couldn't take say HRT and things like that that help most women so what I found helpful was acupuncture so I was taught to self-acupuncture but I had to do it four times a day so I'd have to do it during the working day so my team were incredibly supportive because they knew that I would just need to go out for 15 minutes and stick loads of needles in me and then come back, <laughs> come back in but my My uh, line managers didn't know what I was going through. And that is exactly as you said, I can I silence myself because I did not feel like I could do that. And exactly as Jenny said as well, I felt like, well, I've already had a year off (laughs) work Um, as if I'm chilling at home, not fighting cancer. But (laughs) and I thought I can't come back and then be like, I actually also need 15 minutes to just You know, to just stop sweating through my shirt or to just have clarity in in my brain of of what I need to say. And especially when you're a teacher, when you're in front of all of these children or you're in front of a board meeting with all of these people and you're forgetting why you're even there, let, let alone the nitty gritty of what the point that you need to make. So I guess to answer your question, it would be a bit of both. I was definitely silencing myself because I didn't feel comfortable talking
1: to them about it. You, you, I mean, you mentioned teaching there, but you, you've, there's so many different careers, isn't there, that this will affect women in different ways?
0: And I think that's what we need to recognise is just as I say, no one woman will experience menopause in the same way, no one company or organisation is the same. So what works in one organisation isn't necessarily going to work for somebody else. So sometimes when we speak with companies, they may have done a fantastic job of really implementing lots of great ideas that are really supportive for their workforce. That might be great if you're in an office place where you can have flexible working. But in Clio's situation, as you say, as a teacher, you can't just suddenly up and walk out of a class to go and maybe um, yeah, cool yourself, calm yourself, or, or manage with those those, those the, the, the moments of brain fog. You know, if we look at some of the symptoms, things like flooding, we have to think how horrible that would be if you are stood up in the front of a, uh, of a classroom and you are worrying. What's then going to happen is you're going to start getting more anxious stressed, more stressed, and that's going to exacerbate all of your symptoms and make your symptoms last for longer. And this is why then women are leaving the workplace. So it's about each organisation thinking, actually, how can we embrace a culture that that we can empathize with everybody, we can offer as much flexibility and support, but but understanding the different roles and what that might look like and really considering. And the best way to do that, and I always say is talk to your employees, get your employees involved in actually in this organisation, what's right for the It's a culture you. shift, isn't it? I think it has to be a culture shift that
2: it's not any one person's responsibility, it's everybody's. So it's not just the HR um, leads job to implement this policy. It is every single person, because as you said, it doesn't just affect 51 percent,
0: it affects 100 percent. And often, we sort of touched on it before um, when we we talked about men in the workplace, quite often when we talk about changes within a company or we do education in an organisation, men sit there and suddenly they either add so much enrichment to the conversation because of their personal experiences at home or they're learning something and then they, they have that light bulb moment and suddenly go, gosh, now I understand why my wife my partner is re- reacting or responding in this so now maybe i can go and help support her so companies have such a a great way of enriching our communities and our lives so much more if we get it right in the organization if we get this culture right then actually it can can have such a a positive empowering impact really for so many people and that's what we want we don't we don't want to have to be focusing on menopausal symptoms we want to normalize the conversation we want it to become a just a natural thing that we go through but we all know how to access treatment how to manage those symptoms and what we really want to be doing is looking at how we're going to thrive beyond menopause, because that's it's, the most uh, it's important about thing,
2: thriving, not just surviving, yeah. essentially. And I think that like a lot of it comes back to this historical thing of it being a woman's problem. And, you know, we're meant to just sit and, you know, lip-zipped kind of about what it is that's going on in our bodies because again historically even say with depression in women, depression was was seen as as something that, you know, that housewives had and that they were essentially like removed from society if that was the case. So again, it's no wonder that we still feel silenced about it because it is requiring such a massive, massive change. But that's why I love that conversations like these are happening because they are going to be what impacts kind of
0: everything moving forward and about breaking down that stigma. It's also recognised that we talk a lot about symptoms because this is what Mm. we're facing now and what can be the, the kind of the biggest challenge. But actually, we are living longer as a society It's really important when we talk about thriving, it's understanding it's not just the symptoms that we experience now. Because as we go through menopause, we're no longer producing the hormones that kept us living healthily for so long. We need to think about what's going to be happening to our bodies in 20 years Mm -hmm. time. 30, 40 years time, we're, we're, you know, we've got a long time ahead of us once we get through menopause. We want to make sure that we've got healthy bones, that we've got a healthy heart and that our brain is still going to be worrying really effectively. So this is, again, why the education is so important. Quite often we'll have people say, oh, I just breeze through menopause. Well, that's great, but your body will still have experienced a change So actually, you need to be mindful still of some of those lifestyle changes, maybe some treatment that you need to make sure that, yeah, you are thriving, because when we get to our retirement age we want to be able to enjoy things don't we 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 don't want to be struggling we don't want to be frail we want to we want want to to
2: to get to that retirement age in the way that we want to keep women in the workforce which as you said like it's a shocking number of women who choose to leave the workforce because the fact that they don't feel like they're supported in what they're going through in their own bodies and I just think you know we have such a wealth of of knowledge and of different things to bring to the table and it's such a shame that people are leaving different professions because because of that reason if they're leaving a profession because it's their choice happy days you do you hon. but you know I don't want any I wouldn't want any teacher leaving the profession because
1: they feel like they have to because they feel like they're not supported are you finding certainly from the charity's point of view now that employers are reaching out maybe more so than they were before now because they want to do more to support. Absolutely. So employers
0: are absolutely recognising. And like I say, it's just important that they then don't just say, oh, menopause policy, tick, done, move on to the next thing. Because what we've seen is women are still not actually then comfortable. So we've not seen that uplift yet. And that's why I say I think it is about tackling that taboo within the workplace, making sure that leaders are evidently changing that culture around women's health, um, making sure that they are aiding the conversation. So great that lots of employers are creating opportunities they are looking at maybe education but that maybe they're doing it mandatory maybe that maybe we're seeing some companies where it's a topic for women to talk about and as we've touched on so much actually when we bring everybody into the conversation when everybody's much more comfortable talking about these things and it it normalizes it it just helps it helps with our signposting it helps with our empathy you know if I see a colleague is struggling for the word for spoon, how can I help them in that situation? What can I do not to patronise them, but what can I help support them? And you know what we see so often and I love is it just takes one person opening up and sharing their story. And very quickly, everybody suddenly starts to open up about their own experiences as well. And, you know, we spend so much of our time in work we can have such a positive impact through our organisations by aiding the conversation, by getting that education right, by tackling the stigma and the the taboo. It doesn't take much to do those three things, but the impact is is absolutely huge. It's absolutely, um, you know, when it's done correctly, it can be so empowering. And as you say, we're then retaining that wealth of knowledge, that wealth of expertise, and actually, you know, it's also about, let's think about the future generations as well. Cleo's touched on with her story. You know, it, it's not unique to have an early menopause, either through an experience of something like yours by going through through cancer, so having surgical reasons or chemical reasons. But actually, early menopause is, you know, it, it's more common than people would maybe believe so one in a thousand women under the age of thirty will experience early menopause. So this is why it's really important that we don't have this stigma of it. It happens when you're in your fifties. You know, perimenopause, those early symptoms, those psychological symptoms, probably traditionally start in our early forties. Like I say, they're the first signs. So if people are looking for changes in their periods or or the hot sweats actually, they've probably experienced a lot of other symptoms much earlier. So actually, let's start the conversation much younger. Let's have hormone health. I've been into schools and spoken to to students. And I've likened it to, you know, as teenagers, we know what teenage hormones are all about. Well, for menopause, it's It's teenage hormones in reverse. We need to
2: normalise it, don't
0: we? Absolutely. I wish I knew in my 20s and 30s what I now know about hormone health and women's health. I absolutely... I think it also, like,
2: opening up those conversations also... um, For me, breaking down that stigma just means that it empowers you, that when it does happen to you, because as we said, it happens to 51% of the population, it doesn't feel like the end of the world because you just think, well, I know Sally who went through it and she got this, this, this support. So, you know, okay, I'm going through it, but I know how to move forward with it. As I said, kind of taking what control you can have
1: in what feels like an uncontrollable situation. What sort of reaction do you get when you are having those conversations with people about your experience? Do you find that, like, as you said there someone goes, oh, well, I know someone who's, uh, oh, that's exactly what I went through, or I know somebody who's going through that right now. Is that the sort of thing that happens? I would like to say
2: that most of the time that is the case, but unfortunately, it, it, it isn't. I would say at the moment for me, it's about fifty-fifty in the way that fifty percent of the time I talk to people and they're and they're like that and they want to educate themselves and they want to know and they want to liken my situation to their situation, and then fifty percent of the time it's kind of, oh, okay. You know, I I don't know how to, and it's not in any purposeful way or a rude way. It's just, I don't know how to respond to that. Because we don't talk about it as a society, it's kind of like, I don't know what to say to that. So I'm just not going to say anything, which just makes the matter
1: worse. Because then we go in this cyclical nature of, of then not talking about it. So what do you think needs to happen in terms of getting that conversation going, the education, getting employers on board? Like I say, it is about
0: those organisations tackling this and not just seeing it as a tick box exercise, move on to the next topic. It is about having those good culture principles, shift. that culture change change educating maybe it's about educating the leaders first as well and having that good really good conversation deep-rooted discussion getting everybody involved to understand actually what would help you so asking questions like you know I'd be saying to Cleo what 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 experiences did you have during your typical working day what was the most difficult thing for you what might have helped what have you already tried what might have helped how could we have best supported you? So it's opening up that conversation and learning from one another, remembering that no one menopause journey is the same. So what works for you might be really different for me. So therefore, how do we enrich that? And that is again about furthering that conversation. So it might be having menopause support groups or just regular opportunities and places for women to come together and talk about their experiences but as I say, not excluding the men from those conversations. Regular education. There are so many webinars and different aspects now that we podcasts can do. Podcasts like this, podcasts, hey? <laughs> podcasts such as this, where actually we can start to access that education and absolutely understand what we can be better doing to, to support one another as we move forward. Um, We want to get to that point, like I say, where it's just normalised, where everybody feels like they're empowered, where somebody can say to their colleagues, to their line manager, do you know what, I'm having a moment, just bear with me please, or give me ten, give me five. Or knowing what some of those simple techniques that maybe we can do before we go into a situation. So, before we maybe go into class, before we go into a board meeting or deliver a presentation, what are some of the breathing exercises that I could do just to compose myself? Because that anxiety, the cortisol, as when we go through menopause, actually, our body is changing the way it's reacting to cortisol or stress hormones. So how we used to manage our stress hormones is now very different. So it's now stored in our stomachs, which is why we also start to put on the middle-aged spread that none of us like. So when we start to understand that we're dealing with stress in a different way, then I start to understand why lifestyle changes or little simple breathing techniques can really help control me a little bit more. So just knowing some little simple hints and tips like that can be really powerful and really beneficial. And you know what? They can be suitable for anybody. It's not just menopause, is it? Yeah. So again, we, we might be opening up some hints and tips that everybody, all colleagues, can really benefit from and we just normalise them. I think supporting
2: women with menopause is the same as just supporting men, women, anyone with pretty much anything, isn't it? So the good practice that we put in to place because of menopause will just help the culture in every organisation. And I think one of the really important things I think you said, Jenny, was that it has to start with the leaders, it has to start with them to then permeate kind of down. So one of the things that I think really changed my perception of everything is I was given a book by Brene Brown about leading through vulnerability. And before that point, I didn't know how much of myself I, I should or could share with the people that I led and managed because I didn't want anyone to feel uncomfortable that I was sharing, but equally I want my team to know what I'm going through to then empower them to talk about what they're going through. But again, the book talks very much about using your vulnerability to help people and to empower them. And that it's kind of why you share to help break down that stigma and open up that conversation. I would say the
0: companies that got it right are typically where there is a senior leader who is female, who opens up their journey at the board table where then like I say quite often a man might say actually this has been my experience at home as well now let's make a change so you're absolutely right in terms of having leaders not see this as something that needs to be hidden because if our culture from the top says we don't talk about menopause then we're not going to see everybody embrace the simple changes and the simple steps that we need to do just to normalise. It has to be driven by the leaders, absolutely.
1: So overall then, if you're yourself maybe struggling, if you're an employer who wants to do more for their workforce, or if you're a man, as we said, who's going through uh, it personally through um, his loved ones experiencing it, where can people go to find out more information?
0: Well, the Menopause Charity is here to provide for education. So if you go to our website, which is themenopausecharity.org, we have lots of trusted information. So all of our information is reviewed by a clinical panel of menopause specialist experts. So you know that our information is trusted. We have lots of information and fact sheets that are there for everybody who's experiencing menopause. We also have a comprehensive guide for partners. And for organisations, we have the workplace quality mark as well. So that is a host of resources for employers to consider in terms of some of the steps that they can um, offer and incorporate into their organisation. But it's also got lots of expert advice for employees as well. So lots of top tips. We also have our social media channels, which is awash with lots of kind of simple breathing techniques, some of those little lifestyle changes that we can make, those little bite size advice. So yeah, I would encourage people to check out our website and certainly look at our social media channels. But again, social media is a great place to go to. There's lots of advice. It is being talked about lots more. and Like I say, sometimes it is just those simple self-help tips that can actually make the biggest bit of difference speaking to one another. I was about to say I would just
2: urge people
0: to talk about it, open up the conversation so we can make such a difference that way. Absolutely. So what what's worked for you might work for me. Find out and just open up that conversation 100%.
1: OK, thank you so much for that insight. It was really interesting to hear the different points of view. For any more information on that episode or any of our other episodes for Opening Minds, Opening Doors, you can go to our website, openingmindsopeningdoors.co.uk or you can just search Opening Minds, Opening Doors on social media.
0: Opening Minds, Opening Doors is about a Create production for E-Act.